Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are your hosts... Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlist. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 42 for September 26, 2008. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Vanderlist. And as always, if you have those questions or comments, especially if you hear something later on in the show and you want to you want to yell at us or give us a big shout out or whatever, you can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message at 623 242 Two four five zero, but please be gentle. I've, I've been rather fragile these days, and a little criticism could could really destroy my ego. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't take much these days, you know. You get a few bad emails here and there, and, and someone just starts ragging on you, and uh, you know, it doesn't take much for you to find yourself in a fetal position in the corner, rocking yourself to sleep. Right, I liken myself to that uh, crystal piece in uh, the. Um, uh, what was that Tom Cruise movie with the hookers? I can't remember. Anyways, though, never mind. <laughs> I don't watch movies with <laughs> hookers. Risky business, that's it. <laughs> oh, okay, that one, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, on to uh, relevant and on-topic things. Uh, let's see, status report. Um, uh, well, first of all, let me ask you, what, what's, uh, what's shaking? What's the latest? Oh, well, you know what? Just recently, uh, as of this recording, I have completed the uh, chisel plane build. I only have been talking about this on my show since uh, January. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard from enough people that were like, are you ever going to actually do it or are you just going to talk about it? No, I prefer to talk about things over and over. <laughs> That's and just over. what we do. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, why, do, why, why should I build it when I can talk about it and just keep this <laughs> anticipation just building up over and over? <laughs> right. So. Uh, went ahead and and i built it and just to kind of make it even more agonizing i the first part i had to break it into two because the file was so huge uh the first part is basically making the jig so i left a little cliffhanger there as i'm like and now we're gonna work on the body and then just cut the video off (laughs) so i've gotten a few emails about that one a few twitters and uh so i promise though that uh if you're if you're listening to this like the um on the 26th of september the second half of my chisel video will be a chisel plane video will be coming out um on the uh actually october 1st so we'll get that out of the way but um (laughs) That was that was the, the big thing. Well, wait, let me let me to... tell you a little lesson that I've learned, Matt. People don't like cliffhangers in educational and instructional videos. I'm getting that impression. There have <laughs> there have been one near death threat. <laughs> Something about using that chisel plane on me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't quite translate. I don't know why, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Right. So, anyways, so, uh, so that that's that's the the real big news. Um, another thing that came in is. 
I know as, as woodworkers, we should be very self-sufficient on, in every project that we're working on. But occasionally, here's a little little cheater note for everybody. Occasionally, I buy things pre-made. And <gasps> I know I'm not I know it's it's horrifying. Say it isn't to think so. It's, it's not so, but I do it anyways. <laughs> so anyways, I've got a project coming up that I'm gonna, my wife is now um, a uh, uh, closer to being a full-time photographer than she ever has been. She's working out of the house now. And she wants a brand new desk. So I said, hey, let's let me build one. And she's like, okay, well, let's do it. And she showed me the type of legs that she wanted. And since I don't have a lathe, there's no way in the world that I could turn these. So I went to one of those, uh, you know, pre-manufactured ones. Let's see, there's uh, Osborne Woods, I think it was. Of course, there's Matthew Burak, and there's probably a few others. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying those out for the very first time. Uh, they arrived the other day. In fact, the UPS guy kind of like threw them, literally threw them at me like, you know, you guys will be upset to get this stuff for you. <laughs> and they look pretty neat. I, I'm, I'm amazed. I have this idea, this image, I should say, of what the factory must look like. Just all these like slave lades <laughs> and like <Jeez>. little robots. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Or elves. That'd be the other one too. So, yeah, but they, they they look pretty good. I don't know how many other people have had experience. Have have have, have you done cheating like that with your projects? Um, I doubt you would. No, but you know what? I, here's my opinion. Why don't you just get rid of the legs, forget the whole thing, go to IKEA and buy the desk. Just get it over with. Um, you know what? That was her first <laughs> suggestion. To be honest with you, I don't know if it, it's one of those. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people run into this. You know, kind of going back to that 30 minute project thing with you know, thanks to Norm and you know Scott and everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. As soon as, as soon as I mentioned it, I'm like, I can build that for you. She goes, No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I honestly, I, I haven't. Uh, I mean, it's it's. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it if if it makes sense for your particular project. And uh, I know Norm got a lot of flack that time. I, what was it that he made? It was a, a set of cabriole legs, I think, and he just ordered them. Uh, for right, yeah, it was like for a high boy or something. Yeah, exactly. So he got a lot of flack for it, but it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't care. I don't really see anything wrong with it. If you don't feel like making it, then don't make it. I think if you have the time and you want to give yourself a little challenge, then try something new. But otherwise, who gives a crap? Right, yeah, because that's one thing I was thinking. I'm like, you know, I could probably do this, but I know I, <laughs> mine would definitely be like, you know, four different sizes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Order yourself, order yourself an extra one, keep it in the shop, and then use that as a model to to try and build your own next time. Hey, that's a good idea. I never even thought about that. You know, because I have been thinking about going for a lathe, but uh, I don't know. I, I still, I got to watch the addictions. They're getting pretty bad, <laughs> which which brings up the other thing. The, the last thing that has been new in my shop yeah. is uh, I've been experimenting more with the spoke shaves. And if cool. I remember, I think you, you ordered a few too. And I, I did. I got, I got my round bottom one, and I've been, I've been having fun with my round bottom nice. spoke shave. <laughs> How couldn't you have fun with a round bottom? Right, so I, I still got a little ways to go before I can really talk, you know, anything close to understanding how to use them. But uh, it's getting a little bit better there. So cool, yeah. But that's that's new. What's going on in my shop now? I seem to hear something on the internet about a certain um, podcast personality maybe having something happen in his shop. And uh, okay? uh, <laughs> Shannon or or Dave uh, Kaleo, I don't know. Um, Yes, that, that, those are the ones. <laughs> yeah, <told> me <laughs> yeah. I actually, um, I did. I had a boo boo, uh, and it it was probably the first the first time I've I've drawn blood in my shop. In other than you know, like uh, pushing your the skin behind your fingernail back or a little you know something very minor. Um, right. It it was probably the first time in over three years that I've had anything happen. Um, not. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but it was. Uh, 
just a really stupid thing that I did. I was routing a uh, flush trimming a piece of, uh, actually it was a rail for a door that has a little uh, curved profile in it. And as you go around the curve, you wind up hitting end grains. So what I should have done, when I noticed that I had put the template on the wrong side, I should have just put the template back on the other side. It's just double stick tape. It would have been no problem. And then I would have been with the grain the entire uh, run from beginning to end. But I had already done the straight edge part. So I figured, you know what? It's just like literally was a 32nd of an inch. And I'm like, I just got to get that little bit extra. I know I'll be extra careful and I'll stop using the paddles, and I'll use my hands because I can manipulate I'll it. Slash man. <laughs> of course, yeah, because I can manipulate it better with my bare hands, right? I'm, uh, I'm smart. So I did that, and I started moving it around. And you know how the, any kickback is so fast, so instantaneous that it's done, and you're literally sitting there assessing the damage, not just to your workpiece, but to yourself, to you know, double check yourself, because you know something happened, but you just don't know, you haven't really uh, taken inventory of all the damage yet. So I looked down, and I just saw this little uh, 90 degree angle gash in my uh, in my palm, and a little, a little knock on my, my fingernail, my pinky nail. And uh, the workpiece was a little chewed up, and I was just like, I just turned the, the machine off, and I sat there just kind of gathering my feelings and <laughs> trying to figure out, okay, uh, what happened, and you know, why was I so stupid about it? And oh, and that's, also, that's the part that's the worst is that afterwards when you're just like. What the hell was I thinking? Oh yeah, man! Exactly, and I also had to like look around and see. Okay, was the webcam on? And actually, um, the webcam was on. The audio was off because I was recording, and I always I turn the uh, microphone off when I'm doing my recording. Um, so yeah, oddly enough, the camera was on, but I'm on the complete other side of the shop, so no one, I'm sure, had any idea that anything happened. So anyways, right. the uh, basically the piece that I was routing had a tenon on the end, and a tenon is what actually uh, shot back and, and hit my palm. So I cleaned it up and a, a little bit, and then I actually was like, you know, should, should I had to make the decision. Should I talk about this or should I not? Should I pretend that this never happened and no one would be the wiser? Um, or should I take this opportunity to make sure people understand that even someone who protests to know something about what they're doing can make really stupid mistakes because of complacency or laziness, uh, whatever it is. So the lesson to be learned there was that, you know what, if I was stupid enough to make that decision at that time and, and make that mistake, that I probably shouldn't be in the shop at all that day. So it was time to pack it in and go inside, uh, do some video editing, and forget about the shop for that day, or at least take a good long break. Right. Um, yeah. And it, we've all been there. I, if there's one person out there that's going to be like, you know, any any deep criticism, you know what? BS, buddy. You know, you've done it, too. We've all been in that situation where we probably should not be in the shop or at least get to that point where now we're reminded that it, it's time to take a break. So, totally. Oh, totally. Oh, and and the end grain was the first mistake. And the second mistake was not using the paddles, which I did use in the video. And as soon as I turned the video off, that's when I, you know, went uh, I went barehanded. And if I had used the paddles, yeah, the workpiece would have still had a problem, but at least I wouldn't have hit my hand. So I could have at least prevented part of that uh, that, that injury. Um, the workpiece itself turned out to be kind of a good challenge lesson in repair because the part okay. was uh, it was matched to the other uh, rail on this piece, so I couldn't just replace it. So 
repairing it was very very high priority at that point. And um, and I just came up with a few little things, and I I just took it as a learning opportunity to show people how to fix a mistake like that when you know replacing it and just scrapping it and saying oh I'll make a new one. That's nice if you have that luxury, but uh, most of us when you have a, a piece of bobinga and you spent that much money on it, you're not going to want to just chuck it and and say let me go get another one. Right. So See, that that's a, that's a good lesson. Yeah, you've you've managed to turn it from the glass is half empty to the glass is half full, and, <laughs> and at the same time, you know, give everybody a nice lesson out of it. So I I applaud you for that. I mean, I feel bad for your hand, man. The, the week before, the last time we recorded, I cut myself with my spoke shave. Now you get yourself with a router. <laughs> I don't want to see what's going to happen next time. <laughs> does uh, the safety week need to happen twice a year, or you know, you would think once a year was enough? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, well, the bottom line we should- is. It can happen at any time. I mean, we have a lot of dangerous stuff in the shop, and you can't control every circumstance. Now, this one was preventable, um, but there are times when it's not. You know, even when you think you're taking all the right precautions, you know, things happen, and you just have to yep. be prepared for that and, and stack the cards in your favor so that you don't make those mistakes. And it's a learning uh, process, you know, and I haven't been woodworking forever. You know, I'm still learning as I go, and, and uh, experience counts for a lot, I think, in terms of safety. So, Yep, absolutely. I, I'll take a gash or a, a, a really deep split or anything like that any day over losing anything else just because, you know, I, I went too cocky about it is what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, hey, two, two products I wanted to talk about really quick. Uh, exciting stuff. First of all, the Final Cut Blade. Uh, that's the oh, blade yeah. we've we've talked about a couple times in the past that has the sandpaper disc attached to uh, the side. And mm-hmm. I, since my other blade needs to be resharpened, I took this opportunity to to use the final cut blade. And dude, I gotta say, I like that blade. I mean, really? Yeah, it's uh, on the table saw, not in the miter, um, not on the miter saw. So I'm just using it primarily for rips and a couple cross cuts here and there. But when you think about it and you go, you know what, uh, what do I really need a perfectly smooth cut for uh, on, on a side grain like that? Because I'm always going to sand. That was, I think I said that several times. Well, you know what, though? It's really nice that when I do uh, a rip and I take that piece off the table saw and it's literally ready for final sanding, like a 180 grip by hand or something, that's kind of that's kind of nice. I mean, no mill marks at all is a really, really cool feature to have so i'm I'm kind of getting used to it <laughs> so <laughs> it is kind of yeah when you think about it i mean that's really taking you from you know that's it's removing that extra step so yeah i can see where that that could definitely how how is it though when you're pushing it through are you, are you getting extra resistance at all no. i mean is that really an issue? No. well considering i'm going from a very dull woodworker too that needs to be sharpened um <laughs> it's a pleasure pushing it through this blade so really not much more in the way of uh pressure to push through if it is it's it's minute it's not really anything major and um you know uh, you would think that it'd be kicking up a whole lot more sawdust i got the dust collection on just like any other operation and it's um it's collecting pretty much just the same amount i mean there might be some smaller stuff that i'm not seeing but i'm wearing my respirator you know 99% of the time anyway so um, honestly, dude, I'm really impressed with it. Very happy with it. The one limitation uh, that I found was I needed to make a really tall cut, probably about uh, three or so inches on a vertical piece. I was just cutting like a little. It's it's part of the 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 video that I'm doing, so you'll see it eventually. But it's a uh, uh, blade was raised pretty high, and I wanted. I'm like this blade would be perfect if I'm trying to cut like a very wide rabbit, I guess you would call it. But you're just removing a piece of wood from a vertical uh, piece like that. 
because the sandpaper would smooth it out so I wouldn't have to do any subsequent smoothing afterwards. Well, the problem is the sandpaper actually only goes, obviously, it can't go all the way out to the teeth. So you have this top half-inch portion that did not get sanded and is still, uh, it sits a little bit proud. Uh, so that was really something that I hoped that it would do that it didn't do for me, and I was a little bit disappointed with that. But common sense would have told me that it wasn't going to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, common sense, common sense, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, longevity-wise, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll keep everybody posted how the sandpaper holds up over time. But uh, so far, I don't know, man. I I am very pleasantly surprised, and uh, as with all. Um, you know, reviews and, and stuff that we talk about. I'm getting uh, more and more pressure these days to disclose immediately uh, whether it was something that I paid for or something that was given to me for free so that people can make their own decisions on whether or not I'm lying, I guess. Um, it's uh, the final cup late. I was just very intrigued by it and I just went out and purchased it. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and this thing I, I did get for free, is the Laguna uh, Resaw King. Blade, have you seen it, or are you familiar with it at all? I've I've heard the name, and I don't just mean the Laguna. I mean the yeah the the the, the King portion there. But no, I I haven't had a chance to really. I've heard of it, but I don't. I'm not that any other than that. So okay. I've heard of it. All right. Well, I'll make I'll make this one quick because uh, I'm going long here. But the uh, I had a wood slicer on my bandsaw uh, for a couple weeks now, and then I had an opportunity to get this uh, resaw king. And since I want to turn my, my big bandsaw into a dedicated resaw station, it was it was perfect timing. The wood slicer, by the way, awesome. I mean, like a hot knife through butter. It was great. So I was really, really happy with the wood slicer brand. Um, now, this resaw king, picture a table saw that's been stretched and turned into a bandsaw blade. Um, okay. The, the teeth on it are like really substantial um, teeth that can be resharpened. So the uh-huh. initial cost of this blade is pretty pricey, but I believe the resharpening sessions are about 40 bucks. Uh, so the initial investment is up there, but uh, I basically cut some 8-inch wide boards, uh, spalted maple, and I had pre-sanded them before I, I resawed. I wanted to have them nice and flat and smooth for the resawing uh, to get the best results possible. So out of the drum sander, 80 grit on both sides, I then ran it through, cut two or three slices, I've never seen a slice as smooth as this was. It was it was glass smooth and oh wow. Yeah, compared to the 80 grit side, the 80 grit felt like a sheet of sandpaper compared to what the cut was. So oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, so nice. and then uh, subsequent cuts, I had a little bit of, you know, a couple ridges here and there as I as I started to work with it more, but I found typically the uh the piece that was between the fence and the blade had the better a cut side than than the one on the outside, which I imagine is because the outside one kind of might have a tendency to flap around a little bit more. Um, uh-huh. So either way, amazing blade, very very impressed with it. So I was I was glad to uh, have an opportunity to work with that one. And if you're in the the in the market for uh, a long term blade commitment and you don't mind marrying a bandsaw blade, um, <laughs> that is a good one. Absolutely. Sweet. We'll, we'll have links for that in the show notes because I definitely want to go check that out. That sounds pretty awesome. Faux so. show, we will. Absolutely sweet. Yeah. I know I, I love my wood slicer, but unfortunately, remember that incident where I talked about putting the wrong motor on the bandsaw? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, when that shot my blade off, that was my blade that was in there and oh. it chewed it up. I mean, you can see where it pretty much nicked the teeth. You know, pretty much they're not yeah. off, but it's 
they're not pretty. So <laughs> well, you know they're pretty reasonably priced. At least that was you know if you're going to compare, um, right. they're what thirty forty bucks or something like that. So uh, not right. too bad. Um, so yeah, let's. Like uh, to... oh, so cool. go go ahead. I'm sorry. What? Well, I was just saying I like the sound of the one that you're talking about. I mean that 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 certain the glass glass feeling and everything that sounds that sounds nice yeah i've never i've nice. never felt anything like it anyways uh let's move on to around the web i all right this well, is all you we have a, yeah i know i was gonna say i'm like i'm so I, I can't wait to get into this one i am not only a woodworking nerd my wife will tell you i'm all kinds of nerdy all over the place but i have a star wars free from way back when i still have almost all my toys still my son tries to play with them but he gets knocked across the room when he touches my my x-wing fighter i mean there's just no getting around it <laughs> so you can't imagine how ecstatic i was and i think this came in on uh, it was either on twitter or it was it was someplace i think i maybe it was in my google reader but uh it was a while ago apparently a group of uh dedicated star wars fans built a, a almost they're claiming a full-size wooden x-wing fighter I mean, this they had the whole thing documented. Wow. I found this over at Gizmodo when I was looking for it today, and they claimed that it flies. They, this, I guess, is a like a rocket enthusiast group, and they tried to make this fly. Now, I didn't see the whole video, uh, but from my understanding, it exploded and pretty much was destroyed. Duh. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> what do you expect to happen? <laughs> Fixing up. The, I, the, the good thing is, luckily, none of them got into the cockpit. Apparently, it was big enough you could, could put somebody into it. But uh, they had all these sponsors and everything. It was like 21 feet long, and they were hoping it was really going to fly, but it flew as far as uh, until it exploded. So the uh, the video, though, we put, put a link in there in the show notes. I still have to watch the whole thing because I was just like drooling when I saw it. I'm like, this was a dream I had when I was a kid. I mean, this was just, <laughs> this is perfect. So I wonder if they're going to sell plans for it, but if they did, my, my wife would intercept those plans so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think this serves as a solid warning to the people who are building that uh, wooden sports car, Splinter, or whatever it's called? You know, that's that's a good point. That's m- maybe, although hopefully they're not going to have a rocket on the back end of it. So <laughs> Why not, man? You want it to go fast, strap a rocket on it. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> that is, I think that's well, awesome. The pictures are really cool. Yeah, that, that does look pretty sweet. And of course, when you look at the group that's in front of it, I'm like, oh man, that is that looks like all the all the Star Wars nerdy friends I had when I was growing up. So <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't recognize anybody? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't looked close enough to be honest. I'm afraid to. <laughs> Dude, I, ironically, I am wearing my Star Wars shirt today, right now. I um, I'm wearing my Star Wars underwear right now, but I won't go any further than that because they're really old. So. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> all right, please, so please, we. Let's, We've got a little bit of news, not a whole lot going on, at least uh, that I know of, Um, although I've locked myself in my shop for the past two weeks, so I may be a little out of touch, but um, have you noticed that Rockler is now offering new cast iron router tabletops? You know, I I, I saw something about this, but again, I I kind of didn't go, I didn't delve deep into it, so please tell more. Well, woodworkers... In their quest for absolute machining quality, dead flat surfaces finally have an answer to their prayers. And it comes in the form of a $600 chunk of metal that you can get from Rockler. Um, it's a only, uh, 600. only $600, <laughs> and it actually is a bench dog product. You know how they've uh, sort of partnered with Rockler and they sort of have co branded products, or uh, well, I don't know if it's co branded, but it's bench dog branded, sold at Rockler. 
The whole thing's okay. cast iron. I mean, it, if I found one on my, you know, in my shop, I wouldn't turn it down. I like the idea of having a, a dead flat surface on any work surface, but um, right. 600 bucks is all it takes to get you a dead flat routing surface. Wow. I just brought it up and I'm looking at it and that, that's pretty nifty looking. I mean, that's not too bad. Yeah, having the, the dead flat, I mean, that's another area that I could potentially attach sandpaper and flatten some hand plane bottoms, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's, it, it, you would definitely not have to worry about that thing rocking on you if the uh, the vibrations from the uh, the router got going. It would seem it would stay pretty solid. Yeah, well, oh. definitely. Well, I mean, this is at point. At what point does the router table just become a wannabe shaper? Right. I mean, yeah, really, how, how much how much do you have to doctor up the router table before you were just better? I mean, at six hundred bucks. Um, right. I mean, you really should just go get a shaper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just my opinion. But I still think it's very cool. But I'm just throwing it out there that you know, I don't know. Right, it, <laughs> I agree with. But I mean, this is just the side of like you know, uh, Steel City with all their granite tops. I mean, they're they're going absolutely granite top on everything. I mean, it's you know, so that that's kind of that that's getting in there. This is really, I don't want to say extravagant, but it's it's getting up there. I mean, it definitely has its purposes, but still, it's well, you know what? The what more are, the more you work with this stuff, the more you realize that. Uh, you know, stressing out about absolute dead flatness on your work surfaces is really... I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's kind of a waste of time. And I'm probably going to get some uh, really nasty voicemails for that. Uh, yeah, you're going to get pushed off that limb if they don't cut it out from underneath <laughs> you. But I, I, mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's why I'm a huge hand plane or a hand tool person is because, yeah, it's it's just one of those... I, I'm not that guy that's like breaking out the feelers, you know, yeah. and I'm not... Not using the calipers and everything else. I know that's blasphemy, but uh, to, to some of you. But yeah, I, I, I'm not that concerned. Well, two two points of evidence here. First of all, one thing I'm learning in the past year as I start to depend more heavily on the hand tools is just how imperfect the power tools are. Even though you know my jointer beds are dead flat, but that doesn't always mean that the piece that comes off of that jointer is as flat as it could be. Um, mm-hmm. And my number seven keeps reminding me of that constantly. Um, right. you know, and, and other things, for instance, my, uh, my table saw still, you know, even though it's, it's a PM custom, it's a great saw, it's got a little dip in it. And in fact, it's, it's a dip that's a little bit more than a lot of people would tolerate. And at some point I was just like, you know what, I could sit here and stress about this for the next six months, or I could just put this thing together and start using it. And, um, right. you know, I've built, uh, already a couple projects and, and very far into this project and have done quite a bit with it. And as soon as I got it out of my head that it was a little bit off and I just said, look, let's focus on the work. My work has not suffered in the least because of it. Right. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. Let's get it as good as it can be, but I don't know that I would spend too much time going out of my way, stressing out about a thousandth here and a thousandth there. It's just, you know, kind of a, a waste of time, I think. Right, and, we, and really, when it comes down to it, let's just we, we we can keep going on about the subject, but wood moves. So I'm sorry, but you can get a perfectly flat, wood, you know, surface on whatever project you're working on because you've gone to the, that extra effort of making sure that your your tabletop is perfectly flat. But I guarantee, you, once you put that thing together, you get it in a, a humidity change of any kind. Oh, oh my gosh, the wood moved; it's bowed a little bit. It's yep. not so flat anymore. So yep. you you are really stressing over nothing when it comes down to it. Absolutely, absolutely, I um, you know just finished up the door frames for this project I'm working on and of course everything was and I can't say dead flat but was as flat as I could get it and uh, unfortunately both of the styles decided to um, to bow a little bit 
and uh, you know, there's not a whole lot you could do about it. You either deal with it or uh, scrap it and get a new piece. Um, but right. it's it's not severe, but it's enough to just to to bolster what you just said. That no matter what you do, the wood is going to move after that, and and really making getting your project as well acclimated as possible is really the key and not stressing over that one thousandth here and there so right and on top of most of the time people don't even notice so i i've learned to not point the things out because my wife will point them out anyways (laughs) there you go uh now you got a couple things in here you want to jump into those is this it's under news Yeah. yeah okay well one thing i just saw the other day is apparently um, Sears, the, their Craftsman line, they came out with a new oscillating spindle sander. And uh, the one neat thing about this, as I was reading through it, is that they're, they're claiming the, one of the, the, the big things is that sawdust is instantly removed by a fan-assisted dust, dust collection system that pulls the sawdust down through the inserts. Wow. So, you know, they're, they're really trying. But the one thing I'm thinking is, well, if that's in the, yeah, I guess because you're only working on one side. So that would definitely I'm really curious to see how well it w- really works, because essentially it's a, a two and a half inch exhaust port for your shop vacuum is what they want you to hook it up to. OK, um, I guess the other thing that they have on there is they're claiming a, a tool free thumb knob for the spindle changes. Um, but it's coming in at about uh, 18 inches in diameter that, that has a cast iron table. Uh, um, let's see. I don't know. There's a few other things you can really get into. We'll have the links for it on there. But of course, they're offering uh, sleeves with the uh, abrasive drums and sleeves, half inch, three quarter, one inch, pretty much all the majority of the sizes. Um, and let's see. It's it's coming in at about one hundred ninety dollars. I guess they're, they're, the one thing when I, when I first saw this and the reason why I put it up there is it kind of reminded me of I know Ryobi had a little bench top one. And the, the one that I, everybody really likes, I know Kaleo really talked about this, and I think you talked about it, was the, the rigid version. Okay, right. Yeah, and that's I, I think nobody's still coming really close to that rigid one because the rigid one, I mean, you have the spindle sander, and then on top of it, you put like that small belt sander on yep. there. You know, and that, that's, that's really, I haven't seen anybody do anything like that. But I think the one thing that caught my eye was that whole thing with that dust collection system because they seem like they might produce a lot of dust. I'm not they sure, do. It just, they do, and that, that would really... I think help. I know the the Ryobi that I have basically just gives the spindle just a little bit of breathing room around it in the gap for the insert. So, and it's really only about a sixteenth to an eighth of an inch gap around, and that's how it it gets the dust. And it's pretty effective even even with just that. But obviously, having some kind of um, you know uh, the the way this stuff is designed, it looks like the dust collection is much more effective. But incidentally, if you want to see something that looks just like this? Look at the uh-huh. Delta Shopmaster uh, Boss uh, spindle sander. It's exactly the same thing, and that's been around for years now. So it's uh, oh. yeah, that design is definitely it's nothing new, despite what they might want Whoa. you to think. But <laughs> it's uh, I mean, in fact, the the two machines are almost well. Not there's some the storage compartments are different on uh, on the two units, but if you look at the top, it's exactly the same thing. Interesting. That's almost a DeWalt festival incident. Dun, dun, dun. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So anyway. okay. Well, two more things I, I saw out there, and uh, this is going to for the uh, the hand plane users out there. Lee Valley just introduced intro two new planes. One is a side rabbit plane, and this looks kind of like a, it fits in your hand, and you don't use it like a regular because what you do is with a side rabbit plane, say you make a rabbit or a dado. And you go to fit the piece in, and you suddenly discover, oh, crap, I need to remove, like, you know, a uh, 64th of an inch or something like that. Well, you could either 
remount that up in your router table, or you can break out your router, or you could use your dado blade or something like that, or you can grab your uh, side your side rabbit plane and you just kind of get that in that slot, and you can remove and sneak up onto that final uh, finish the dimension that you need, so your fit your piece fits in there perfect. Because if you're anything like me, you break out those other tools, and suddenly you've made it like you know uh, a quarter inch too big. So this would work out really great for that. Wow. Um, well, I'm looking at it. I'm sorry to interrupt before you go oh, to the next yeah. one. Um, I'm looking at it, and I was just wondering: is it? It looks like the blade is accessible on both sides. Because the one thing I would expect, and that would scare the crap out of me using it for that operation, is is the grain direction. Um, right. And if you jack up the inside wall of a rabbit, or, a, or I'm sorry, of a, a groove that's going all the way down the board, that becomes a real eyesore when you put your panel in and all that. So, is is it completely reversible from one side to the other? That's what. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Um, yeah, because I, I know that they. Yeah, it's, it's for left and right. I'm sorry, I had to bring up the the picture and look at it. Yeah, and that's the idea is so that you can go either way. It's, they're trying to make it as versatile as possible. Oh, okay, I see. I, yeah, you can flip flip the handle right over. Yep. In fact, yeah, the blades are sold separately for left or right. And I think this is this is basically their design is pretty much based on one from that Stanley made. You know, from all those years ago. And um, it, it, it's almost identical except for I think the handle is okay. newer in either. So, yeah, so definitely can go back and forth in either direction. 139 bucks, huh? Yep. Yeah, that's not, that's not too bad. I mean, it's I think if you found like a really decent uh, Stanley one, you're definitely going to be paying more for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, oh, it's cool. pretty neat. Now, the other thing that they have is the uh, Skew Rabbit Plane, which is left and right-handed. Of course, they would like you to buy the, the matched pair. But um, I think you'd easily get away with, uh, you know, one or the other. And the, when I first saw this, the, the first thing I was thinking of is they have like a skewed edge plane. And um, it, it looks very similar to that. It's just that they have the fence on there that you can, you know, just just use to uh, get your rabbit. Oh, I brought up the wrong page. Uh, but uh, it's kind of a neat one. It's it's something to go along with. The, uh, they brought out their, their plow plane not too long ago. Mm, okay. So... You decided that you know, you know, cutting rabbits with your uh, your dado blade or your your router is just getting you know just way too complicated. Well, now you have another option, so it's it's something neat. But I, I still use my old Stanley number seventy eight, and it's that one's fine. Although my wife screams that I yell too much when I'm using it. Because it doesn't work. <laughs> now again, though, this is another one where the direction is going to matter, and that's why they they even have a little introductory price where if you buy both of them, you get a uh, looks like a ninety nine dollar savings. Um, but really, it's you might want to have both of them. I mean, although it's 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 kind of hard to justify just saying, oh, let me just buy these two. Um, but right. what happens when the grain just is not working in your favor? You can't reverse it because it's it's locked down in a skewed angle. You can't flip it the other way. You you kind of need both if you're actually going to depend on this tool. That's right. You know, and, and that's one thing is with their the uh, the edge trimming planes. That's the one that I have. They have a left and right version of that, and I've I have just the right hand version. And I've discovered with that one that very problem that you're talking about when the, when the grain switches back on me, I try to alternate it, but it it, it just doesn't work the same. So yeah. sometimes I'm limited with that. So that's that's a great point about having you know if you can afford to get both of them, that's a great deal to do. And you know not. Not getting anything from Lee Valley, but you know that's it's when you see a great you know a great deal on something, it's definitely worth mentioning. So nice, yeah, save a hundred so, bucks, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, one other thing, I forgot to throw this in there. You just got me thinking as we we're talking. Um, there's talk about it at, over at Woodworking Magazine, but uh, Stanley is now going to come out with some high end tools. I, 
I don't have the article in front of me and I don't have everything else, but you can find that over at Woodworking Magazine. And there's a lot of talk about that because it's like, where the hell were you guys all this time? <laughs> you know, what's, what's Seriously, yeah, they're sitting in the background watching is what they were doing. Watching uh, right. Lee Nielsen and uh, Veritas eat their lunch, you know. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's, so uh, that, it, that, that stuff, I saw some of the pictures and uh, it, it looks really interesting. We'll see what they do. Yeah, I really hope that they follow through and make something decent. Otherwise, that name is just mud when it comes down to it. So, Yeah, unfortunately, let's hope they change it. Um, all right, uh, Hot Deals. This is Nicole's favorite part of the show. She talks about it all the time. Um, we have, let's just blow through these real quick. Uh, 25% off pony clamps at Peachtree. You know, if you haven't signed up for Peachtree's uh, eDirect newsletter, they always send me stuff like lots of stuff and i just went there and it's been a while since i checked this and uh, it's sold out so forget that oh, i just okay. said that let's pretend i didn't how about that <laughs> we'll just re- you know reverse that <laughs> I'll just, one i'll just cut that out uh <laughs> let's see what else we have 25 percent off select bessies um these are not the uh uh what do you call it the parallel the boo 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 why am yeah, i losing the, you know what i'm talking about right yeah no i know exactly yeah the uh the, the, the big ones Right. Well, yeah. there, there is the, the K bodies. They've got a deal going on where you you buy three and you get one free. In fact, they actually have. This is over at Woodcraft. Yes. Um, yeah. They they have a setup where you basically they, they've got it right there. It's like, oh, you want to buy three, get one free. Here, you go ahead and just buy this. Okay. Uh, and that's a twenty four inch and forty inch ones. They have that. Okay. Um, but yet the ones you were mentioning, the twenty five percent off are the F style. F style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, those are good. I, I actually have some of the uh, F style Bessies. In fact, most of my F styles are Bessies, and they're it's a you know they're awesome. They're just super heavy duty. Yep, that's the ones I have too, and I, I love them. And that that sale goes on through the thirtieth of this month of September for the the F style ones. Yeah, I, I love those things. They just they feel so nice in my hand. They, uh, really they make me feel so strong. Absolutely, <laughs> I could clamp the world with that thing. Right, and and they don't splinter or shatter in my hands. I like that. So. <laughs> You know, another thing at Woodcraft is uh, I, I prefer white side router bits, and I know you're kind of an eagle uh, uh, router bit fan and everything. But uh, yes, they, they have wood. Yes, you are. You <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> just very enthusiastically said yes, and almost I, I realize it may have sounded like I was going to say something else, but I just wanted to say yes. Okay. <laughs> go I, was like, oh, crap. I don't want to cut them off. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, okay. The, the Wood River Carbide Anti Kickback Router Bits, 10 piece, half inch uh, shank bits, uh, Woodcraft, $50, or you can pick up each bit for $5 if you're interested at all in picking up router bits. I mean, they're, they're nice stocking stuffers, throwing at people, stuff like that. No, actually, um, that looks pretty good, but I'm going to have to counteract that by saying go to Eagle America's site. They probably got something on sale. You're, you're probably right. I, I, I definitely, I've actually headed over there, and I'm pretty impressed with what they have, to be honest with you. So yeah, they, I've actually been getting to know their their bits uh, quite a bit now. Ironically, maybe um, it just it was a little bit of a surprise because I was like, you know what, it would be funny if because they are a, a new, relatively new um, uh, product sponsor of the show, and they send us some bits once in a while. So um, the bit that caused the kickback was mm-hmm. not an Eagle America bit. It was, uh, I had, I figured, you know what? I have some new flush trim bits. Let me use one of my older ones just so that I could get it all dulled up and get rid of it. And it was, right. an, it was a, a mana bit that, that hurt me. Oh, that damn mana. So oh, man. I've got words for them 
but I will say oh. that it was not Eagle America's bit. So, Dude, that that could be something for Eagle. Um, Eagle, they could be like, "We didn't hurt the Wood Whisperer." So <laughs> yeah, that could, that be, could be yeah, an ad slogan. We didn't hurt him. <laughs> Here's a reason to buy something. <laughs> it didn't hurt somebody. Right. Good to know. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you know what? I, I got something big that came in just before we went on the air. And are on the air. We started recording. Yeah, the interwebs. Is- <laughs> let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here yet. We're not on any well, kind of air here. Right. Well, we're breathing air. That's about it. True. But I I, I didn't put this in our, in our notes. Uh, this came in, and uh, I was talking to Blair over at uh, Highland Woodworking, and I happened to mention that we were going to be recording tonight, and our awesome listeners that we have, and they said, you know what, uh, if any of our listeners were to place an order over $50 uh, at highlandwoodworking.com through October 3rd of this year, 2008, in case you're listening in 2009, uh, the listener just needs to put in WTO in the discount field and uh, during your checkout, and you'll, you'll um, get free shipping. So wow. a big thing for the WTO listeners. So I will have to put that in the show notes so that everybody is aware that that's there, but... Yeah, so when you, if you order something between now and October 3rd, uh, Highland Woodworking is saying just for being a WTO fan, eh, you don't have to pay the shipping. So That's pretty awesome, and considering how good my experience was with the Wood Slicer uh, blade, go over there, order one. they got all the different sizes, and you'll get your free shipping. That's great. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely check it out and give the folks over there at Highland Woodworking a big thank you because uh, they totally came out of the blue. I was like, well, you're going to do what? Oh. Yeah, that's very cool. Now, they seem to be very nice people. I haven't really dealt yeah, with they're... them before, but they're, um, they've always been supportive. Yep, definitely. Cool. So I think we're all set on the deals there. Uh... Yeah, you know, well, we have to, we got to kind of hustle a little bit. We're running long because you keep talking. Um <laughs> Um, oh wait that's what we're supposed to do here um well we have a couple topics here do we want to hit that first one you have there because that was just kind of a filler one but we can totally um see if we can get Uh, something going on that no you know let's get some listener stuff in first and then we can talk about that on the backside if we need to kind of fill something in here because you know this show is about the listeners it it is sort of if they have some questions we should kind of at least try to address them a little bit. And <laughs> you think? Okay, yeah, we, we do have some voicemails, and uh, okay. it seems like uh, the, the woodworking season is in full swing, and everybody is all excited, and they just can't wait to get on the phone and leave a message for us, apparently. Well, at least five people. Um, all right. Yeah, all right. So we have... Well, phone calls like today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. We have a voicemail. Did I write the name down? This one is from, uh, well, you guys have heard from Roberto before. He's our homie. And, uh, let's see what he's a lot of mileage out of this show, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, I think he just, I think he needs to get his own show. How about that? Hey, you guys, this is Roberto. Long time. No talk. I have a question concerning a table saw slash router table combo. I know there's a couple of them out there. I'm getting ready to buy a table saw. Still am, actually. And I wanted to know if you guys could give me some suggestions of which table saws out there encompass both the table saw and a router table. Um, thanks a lot. Bye. Hmm. Did you uh, did you happen to find anything on this? The only thing I found, I found an aftermarket system that you can attach to your table saw. Right. And that's the uh, Incra Precision Fence System. And uh, I know this kind of this this one's really up there. It's really neat looking. It's very brassy looking, um, but it, it 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 looks it looks pretty. Neat. It, it, I've, I've thought about that, you know, especially with having a smaller shop, being able to incorporate a router table and the table saw together. It makes a lot of sense space wise. 
Right. Um, it's, I guess the main thing is just to make sure you put the, the router bit down before you move the <laughs> fence over or something. <laughs> right. Definitely. That would be a good idea. Well, the gist of what I just got from that was that uh, if, if, it's, if it's brassy, it must be good. Right, right. Okay. And it has a lot of uh, little micro thingies on it, too. So. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't beat the uh, micro adjustability of those systems. Um, you know, I did a little digging because uh, this is actually, these aren't as easy to find as you might think. Not everybody seems to make them, and if they do make them, they're not putting them on their websites. Um, I did a, a little bit of digging this afternoon, and what I found is actually Jet and Powermatic, oddly enough, seem to be the most uh, friendly to folks who want to put that router in the extension wing. They have, okay. you know, four or five different models and they come with a router lift. Uh, and I actually have one of these. I just never put it in, uh, in into the table saw. But it is a rebranded Jessam master lift. Okay. And they just put mm-hmm. the little Powermatic logo on there. It's super high quality. It's as good as the basically the exact same thing uh, that's in my router uh, table, my dedicated router table right now. So okay, okay, yeah. So both Jet and uh, Powermatic have a few models now. Just I took a few notes here. The Jet JPS, you ready for this? The one zero XL three zero CWRL. That oh, is. I remember that is. I walk into the store. I mean, never know right where it is. <laughs> yeah, just be like, uh, could you point me to the JPS ten XL thirty CWRL? Thanks. Okay, the uh, it's a ten inch Pro Shop one and three quarter horsepower thirty inch cast iron wings and router lift, and it's seventeen hundred bucks. Uh, there is another model, and I'll put all this in the show notes. It's uh, f- about $1,430. And Powermatic has some too, but those are obviously in the PM66 and probably the PM2000 as well, if that's you know where your budget's taking you. I looked at Grizzly, and I found one, well, one or two that are obviously much more reasonably priced at just over 1000 but there's it doesn't look like there's a lift. It looks like there's a hole in the extension wing, which, you know, he could have made himself. Um, You don't need to pay them extra money to put a hole in your extension table. So really, I'm not going to even say that that gives you any bonus points there. I think if the, if the table has a insert in there and has a whole router lift system that comes with it, I think that might be what he's looking for. Um, But I, I checked Delta, couldn't find anything. I looked at steel city, didn't find anything. And at that point, I ran out of time. I also found Rockler has an extension, um, which I believe is another Benchdog product. And okay. I think, I don't know, man, I'm thinking his best bet might be to go aftermarket with this. That's what I'm thinking, because really, I, I, I yeah, I, I think other than the, the, uh, the, the what, the, the Jet X10CX1593421 or whatever it is, <laughs> yes. I, I, I just don't really see that a lot of them out there at all. And that's, that, in fact, that was the first thing I thought of was, the only thing I've really seen is the aftermarket ones. So yeah, well, I'm yeah, afraid that uh, if he's if if he makes the router table an absolute must, he's going to limit his selection of table saws. And honestly, I think if you're integrating them like that, the table saw is clearly just as important uh, as the router setup itself. And I'm afraid he might just wind up with a lackluster version of both uh, instead right. of just getting the table saw he wants and incorporating his uh, router station into it as an aftermarket or even a, a shop built type thing. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I say go for the the table saw, get the bells and whistles on that, and then you can add the other. That makes total sense to me. So, Word. then I'm a little off. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, now we have another uh, voicemail. This one is from Ray. I didn't write down what he wanted, but he can tell us. Okay. Go ahead, Ray. 
Hey guys, it's Shannon over the Renaissance Woodworker again. I was thinking about Matt. Well, you know what? That wasn't Ray. I got a little mixed up. Let's see if this is Ray. Yes, this is Ray from Pensacola, Florida. What's your opinion on um, Gorilla Glue? Um, I've been having a problem with it uh, crystallizing if I don't use use it for a day or two. Um, any suggestions, comments, or opinions? Okay, thank you very much. Bye. Now, earlier, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and, and you, you said you had some really insightful advice, if I remember correctly. What, what was that again? Right. Uh, Ray, if you're, if you're having trouble with Gorilla Glue, my, my best advice for you is to uh, stop using it. <laughs> yes, yes. I thought that was very smart. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... The nice... <laughs> man, we're on fire today, man. What is, what's gotten into us? It's the doctor... The it's the Dr. Pepper talking. Um, you know, I would say the same thing. I mean, the thing is, uh, Gorilla Glue has very uh, specific properties, you know, that make it what it is. Um, and you either like it or you don't. And if he's having, um, now I don't really use it. So if he's getting this crystallization or if it's starting to cure in the bottle, um, I've heard of folks who kind of squeeze the bottle to get the, the liquid all the way to the top, cap it, and then flip it upside down or something so oh, that okay. if there is any air that it goes to the bottom of the bottle. Uh, and this way it's always nice and fluid and nice and liquidy uh, up at the right. tip. And okay. that would be the only recommendation I can give him if, if that is indeed what's causing the problem. But, um, you know, I, I, Gorilla Glue is, is a fine product for what for what it is. I mean, it's a polyurethane glue. I just don't happen to like polyurethane glues very much. Um, just the foaming uh, concept, the... the the messiness, the you know, turns your hands black and all kinds of stuff. It's just um, you know, it's just not my favorite thing. So I would say, you know what, for most standard average woodworking applications, um, you know, your your uh, type bonds and uh, PVA glues are just fine. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I I'm very very uh, choosy about when I I use polyurethane glue and I I choose not to use it as much as possible is what it comes <laughs> down to it. You know, I, I think it does kind of have a short, you know, shelf life. I, I can't really talk very much because when it first came out, you know, I, I got it because it was, was Gorilla Glue was cool, you know. And then once I actually had experience with it, I'm like, mm, it's nice, but not what I want to use all the time. So I'm with you. Yeah. You know what? Their marketing, like, their marketing is fantastic because I had the same reaction when I saw that. I was like, you know what? It's different. It's it's new. It's interesting. They've got a big hairy gorilla's hand in every ad. <laughs> I want to use this stuff, you know. I'm like, I want this is like a team I want to be part of. And then I tried it, and I was like, ooh, ew. <laughs> you know, maybe not. I, I see they have gorilla tape now. Now my question with that is, do I need to apply water first? Is it going to get icky on my hands? <laughs> the, the first reaction is it hasn't been to get that one yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think the tape probably is just tape. But um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean though. Um, all right, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we weren't too smart about that you know we're not trying to be completely sarcastic but the real answer is neither one of us really uh use it very much uh unless a specific application calls for it right yeah as my everyday glue not gonna happen so i just say you know maybe just you know 
I don't, it sounds to me like maybe the cap's not on tight enough or something, or like you said, maybe it's you know the, the whole air thing or something like that. So just mm-hmm. just take a little bit easier care with it. I, I guess is the best thing we can say, the nicest thing. Oh, show. Uh, All right, uh, let's move on to our last one. We got a couple voicemails at the end that are just comments. We'll play for you. Uh, but our last question. This one is from Senor Chris. Uh, my name is Chris. Uh, I wanted to talk to one of you guys about uh, making a humidor and also how to cut large sheets. I have uh, some MDF here. The I was thinking about using a uh, saw stop and a regular circular saw for cutting them down to four-foot lengths by two-foot wide. Um, if you guys have any experience with those, I wanted to see what was a better brand and whatnot. You can reach me at 570. I will do him the favor of not playing his phone number live on the show. Can you imagine the the, the woodworkers just prank calling that poor guy? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have such a, a wily, feisty audience. That, Is your uh, table saw running? You might want to catch it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. Uh, you know, the funny thing was he did ask about a humidor, but then didn't actually ask a humidor question. So I'm, I'm right. thinking he's expecting a call from you tonight. So go ahead and take care of that. Let me know how it works out for you. Okay, no problem. Hopefully, he's in the Eastern Time Zone. Otherwise, he's going to get like call at one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, Chris, if um, if you want to call back and leave us a, a question concerning the the humidor thing, uh, feel free to. But generally, we we don't usually um, call people back because hearing us once every two weeks is usually more than most people can handle. Is that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> um, so his question that we can address is the one concerning cutting down sheet goods. Um, you know what? I think he's on the right track. I am a big fan of throwing that big old sheet down on the floor, putting some uh, two by fours down as a nice stable base, and slicing it down into manageable sizes so that you can actually maneuver it onto the table saw and cut it to the uh, size for your project. And I also use one of those um, clamp and tool guides. Well, most of the time now I use the Festool guide, but in the past I uh, I would use one of those that has the built-in clamping system in it. And brand, I can't remember what the brand was. It was just called the Clamp and Tool Guide. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Well, you know, there, there's there's a new one out in the market right now, as you, as you were mentioning, and 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 for all all openness and everything, uh, I was approached by these these fellows because they're they're hoping to kind of maybe put a demonstrational video together, and they asked me if I would take a look at them. And there's a company called Bora Clamp. And uh, this is just like one of those just letting you know this exists so that you can do just this thing because you're right. When he asked this question, this was the perfect one for cutting a large – I mean if he's like using MDF or something like that or or even just large plywood. I mean that that thing is damn heavy and it's mm-hmm. dangerous when you're trying to cut it on your table saw by yourself. Right. So just using anything, even if you just take another straight edge of just plywood or something and bump your circular saw up against it, cutting it down just makes that much easier. Um, but it, it's definitely having something that's very, very stable that when you clamp that baby down, um, it's, it's going to hold right in place. So if you're interested, check, check out this bore clamp thing, but that's, that's besides answering this, this nice Chris's question here, <laughs> but definitely, <laughs> definitely using the straight edge to, to, to rip something down really, really, you know, makes it just that much easier. Cause I, I don't have a panel saw in my shop. I, I wish I did, but I don't. So yeah, they're big and, uh, I don't know. For the home woodworker, there's a lot of other options, you know, anymore. I don't think anyone really needs to go to the extent of a panel saw these days, but uh, lots of good options, and they keep getting better, you know, as uh, DeWalt's coming out with their track saw and, uh, you know, competing with the Festool. Hopefully, we'll drive some prices down, 
Uh, meaning that more and more people can safely cut these things down to a manageable size. And, uh, you know, the right. bottom line is throwing these sheets of plywood around, you know, if if I'm quote-unquote in my prime right now, what the heck am I going to do in 30 years when I, <laughs> I need to move a 4 by 8 sheet? Because I'm moving it around now, and I'm like, oh, God, my back. <laughs> you know what you mean. I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, well, i got to figure something out now because I do not want to be trying to, you know, wrangle these things around when I'm 70 years old and, uh, you know, going out to the shop in my slippers and pajamas. Right, yeah. Well, by then we'll have robots. So That's true. Go. That's very true. Good point. Um, you know what? Let's uh, let's close out the show with a uh, a nice message from our, our good friend Tampa Tom. And we've got another Tom's tip here for you. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iovino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's tips. Uh-oh. Now you've done it. You've dropped an immensely important yet impossibly tiny piece of hardware on your shop's floor. How on earth are you going to find it down there? You could get on your hands and knees and search for it, or if it's attracted to a magnet, it's much easier to drag one across the floor. Old speaker magnets are superb for the job. Piece not magnetic? No sweat. Get some pantyhose, stretch them over the nozzle of a shop vac, and suck the item into your improvised filter. And just where do you get your pantyhose? Well, uh, your wardrobe decisions are your own business. If you want to discover more clever, useful, or even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit any of the other great blogs that belong to the Wood Whisperers Network at TWWnetwork.com. I just want to let Tom know that he got a chuckle out of Nicole. <laughs> that, that's what I heard in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> the unmistakable Nicole laugh that uh, warms my heart every day. Well, I think we, we could probably close this one out. Uh, you know what? Maybe next time we'll talk. We had that article uh, from Pop Woodworking, um, the one concerning shellac that we were going to talk about, but we're right. running out of time. So maybe we'll throw that on the uh, schedule for our next show. And, um, okay. well, you know what? If you'll excuse me, I have to go buy some pantyhose. Okay. And um, I'm going to I'm gonna worry about you. So. <laughs> you should. You probably should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to give the contact information and we'll... we'll yeah, absolutely. Get the As hell always, folks, if you heard something today or you're Chris and you want to ask us about a humidor, uh, you can get a hold of us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message at 623-242-2450. As always, if you heard something today that you want to leave a combat, com- combat <laughs> comment, comment, <laughs> feedback, all that good stuff, you know how to get a hold of us. Just... Uh, uh, do one of those two or head over to the show notes and you'll see the information there so whew, i'm so thrown off by wow. that man you really got oh <laughs> uh, man you're just not comfortable with me buying pantyhose are you oh uh, i think <laughs> if i see you at the wood uh, the uh wooden america stay over there <laughs> in my pantyhose yeah i don't think anyone will come near me oh uh, well great show and uh thanks for listening everybody and we'll catch you next time see you later hey guys this is shannon rogers renaissance wood whisperer just listened to episode 41, and I wanted to chime in on your spokeshave um, topic. I am a huge fan of the spokeshave, and I've actually got two of them. Um, Matt, I've got that same uh, Veritas low-angle spokeshave that you're using, and I use that a lot for roughing, um, rougher work. Um, for instance, I used it recently to uh, rough square um, spindles on a Windsor chair, and it quickly will remove a lot of material. Just make sure you're paying attention to the grain because you're right. Go the wrong direction, and it's going to remove all the material in one 
self swoop, but the adjustability of that allows you to really control the amount of the shaving you're taking. My second spoke shave is actually um, a Lee Nielsen spoke shave that is um, it's not a low angle, it's your typical bed angle, and it is a much, much finer, cleaner cut, and you can really tune it to the point where there's absolutely no space in front of the blade in the mouth, very much like a smoothing plane, and you get a beautiful finish on it. Um, I used them, obviously, for making spindles on Windsor chairs, but I also used it a lot for um, detail on countertop edges. Uh, when I recently replaced the countertop in my shop, I wanted a slight roundover on the hardwood edging on the front, and I used the spoke shave to do that. I used the, the Veritas to kind of get it into a rough shape and then went back over it with the uh, Lee Nielsen. Hi, guys. This is Bunny. I'm in Indianapolis. I'm actually just recently found your podcast. I'm going through and listening to old episodes, so forgive me if this is way past due and already been covered and all that stuff. I was just listening to the episode from July 31st, 07, and the gentleman had left a message or sent an email about the different size flush trim router bits. Now, I'm not that big into woodworking yet. I'm just trying to get started with that, but I'm a machinist by trade. And as far as having the different diameters for that, at least in the machining world, I don't know how it transfers to woodworking yet, but the thicker diameter cutters, at least in machining, are a lot stronger. So you, when you're making a bigger cut, there's less chance that that cutter is going to break. I just thought I might, I would share that, and I apologize for the voicemail for being so old, but I couldn't get to anywhere to send you an email getting online on my phone while I'm at work. So I really enjoy the podcast, and hopefully sometime soon I'll be caught up and won't be leaving you messages from the podcast from a year ago. So keep up the good work, and I enjoy listening, and I'll hope, keep, hope this helps some. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, guys. It's Shannon over at the Renaissance Woodworker again. I was thinking about Matt and his desire to play with his spoke shade a little bit more, and I just wanted to chime in that uh, this past weekend I just completed a small um, Japanese box design that I found on Fine Woodworking. I believe it was the January-February 2001 issue. It's a small Japanese uh, sushi box made by Gary Rogowski. You can find it on uh, finewoodworking.com. Just search Rogowski sushi box and it'll come up. But uh, Matt, the sides of this are shaped in a gentle curve and it is the perfect project to bring out that spoke shave and play around with it. It actually was one of the most enjoyable hour or hour and a half that I spent creating shavings with my... Um, spoke shave. So you want a little bit of practice? Check it out. Find Woodworking, uh, Gary Rogowski, Sushi Box. See ya. Uh, hey, Wood Talk Online. This is Wood Talk Online. What's up? Wood Talk. All right. B- bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. shopify.com slash work.